Hi, this is Halsey Mark Show, and today I am talking to... Uh, John Griffin. And can you tell me a little bit about yourself, John? Um, I'm, the, uh, I'm the director and founder of a paranormal team known as You and I Research, uh, based out of uh, New York State. Um, I grew up in a haunted house um, for approximately 19 years of my life, starting from uh, childhood. Uh, had my first paranormal experience uh, when I was just approximately two years old or so. And um, from there, it just the, the interest uh, just ramped up from there, going from spiritual activity to uh, ufology and uh, just expanding from there. And I just uh, wanted to try to figure out how, how and why all this stuff uh, happens. So that's when I jumped into it. You just said that you said you've experienced paranormal experiences from a child. Did that scare you, or was you didn't didn't mind the, the experience of being haunted? That's that one's that one's kind of interesting because um, experiencing this experiencing this as a kid um, and correction on the age it was actually three because the first experience was uh uh, was an angel, um, or what I believe to be uh, an angel. So that was a really nice, uh, cool experience. So that wasn't bad. It was stuff that happened after that. Um, I started seeing uh, what I described as a kid, because I didn't know the term ghosts at the time. I described them as disappearing people. And so to me, like, actually kind of cool. It was just like, what are, you know, What's going on here? How come I can't do this? Uh, you know, appear and disappear. And um, so, I mean, the only thing that creeped me out about it is that most of the time it happened at night. Um, what at the time I thought this seemed to be normal. I mean, being a kid, this was just like, this was nothing. I mean, I didn't know what was considered normal and not normal. So when I brought this to you know, told the story at school. Um, they basically were freaked out. I lost uh, pretty much the majority of my friends at that point. And some of their parents basically told them to stay away from me. That's when I realized it was actually not normal. Um, and the experiences became more terrifying. Uh, seeing the apparitions didn't bother me. It's... Um, some of the activity that did so it, it was kind of case by case depending on what the incident was um and later in life you said you started your own paranormal group um what kind of investigations have you done with your paranormal group Yeah, gen generalizations, you know, what was that, you know. Well, I could put it another way. Where is the place you felt the scariest or most uneasiest at? I guess, so to speak, um, I really don't feel 
that uneasy anymore. To me, this is, since I have a better understanding of all this, it's more natural to me. Um, I can say the most recent place we just went to, um, where we had uh, the public involved following us, uh, the team, or part of the team on investigation, um, was a, a Rolling Hills Asylum. Um, about three hours, uh, nah, about three and a half, about three and a half, four hours away from us. And, I mean, it's listed as, as the t uh, number one most haunted place uh, in New York. Um, and if I remember correctly, it's the second most haunted place in the United States and fourth most haunted place in the entire world. Um, we were just there a few days ago, and my goodness, I mean, there were some areas that, you know, gave me the heebie-jeebies. Uh, but it, all in all, um, since I've really done so much research and I've, you know, I've done so, so many years worth of, of data collection, um, it doesn't really bother me or really scare me as much anymore. Do you believe that, like most people, reckon that ghosts are, or spirits, are people that have been left behind that either want to stay behind because they feel that they don't want to leave, or they have had a something went wrong in their life, and they want to correct it. because what we're finding is 
you know, each one of these entities has their own consciousness. And considering that they have their own consciousness, um, they still have that freedom um, to choose and, and think how they cho- how they want to and choose and choose to do what they want to do. Um, so I mean, that's that's from what we've seen so far. But then again, it could be something completely radically different that we haven't even tapped or tapped into yet. As you just mentioned, uh, you you, cause, uh, you you said you reckon you're considered controversial where you are. Um, I think that's not a bad thing myself because I think everyone needs to approach it, like you said, in a different way. And, and I agree. And that's um, we have this uh, 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 approach that we use called the uh, paranormal puzzle approach. This entire thing is one giant puzzle, and the pieces are just laid out on the table. I mean, granted, we don't have this nice box that can tell us, you know, show us the entire picture. So it's our job to basically logically put it together. But with that said, I look at this puzzle as having a, a like a family type puzzle where there's like a, you know, a thousand, ten thousand pieces or what have you, and there's all this these this this group of people that just sits down. And they're, they're all trying to put the pieces together to form a picture together. And when I reference the, the, the family, so to speak, I'm not just saying the you and I research team. Um, we removed the word paranormal out of our team name. Um, we, were, we were originally called the Paranormal Security Department. We became you and I research. And the whole purpose of it is basically you and I, you and I research. So it doesn't exclude people. Um, we feel that everybody has a piece to the puzzle. So um, at the end of the day, we want people to freely express themselves to us, but understand that, you know, when it comes down to the belief, um, I've had, when I've done these studies, I've had my own beliefs become contradicted. Um, it ends up being like, you know, the facts are the facts. When the facts present themselves, they are the facts. It is it is what it is at that point. Um, but everybody holds a key and a piece of knowledge that I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know everybody's experiences and pretend to, to know that I have all the knowledge in the world. Um, there's people who specialize in different fields who are going to have um, specific, uh, like, for instance, my brother. My brother's on, on my team. He is the head of our science program, and he is just phenomenal. He is absolutely phenomenal. Um, he, when he, he's talked about things, he has knowledge that I just don't have, um, even as the leader for the team. So to hear his side of it and to present my side and see how it fits, you know, you're right. It, it, it's... We, we don't, we should be listening to other people. It's, but that's commercial part. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't know how it is in the, in the rest of the world, but here there's what's called the para-unity. And it has no substance to it. It's basically a bunch of teams who, they're trying to show that they're uniting even though they're fighting. Um, if you don't agree with a specific view, you're cast out. Um, now we're known for not agreeing. Um, if 
have uh, data, scientific data that we can show that dismisses what is what they're claiming. If it doesn't, again, if, it, if they don't agree with it, they may shove you aside. So, I mean, that's kind of what we're experiencing right now. But then that's another thing that Albert Einstein in the past has brought up, saying that there's there's several stages to acceptance when it comes down to, you know, introducing uh, specific things within the field of science that may contradict somebody else's belief. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've only got into paranormal because I believe I've had a personal experience of um, being visited by a spirit guide or what you call technical uh, guardian angel uh, because I was in a coma because I had a blood sugar count of 124 and whilst I was in a coma I heard a woman's voice I've not heard before since telling me to wake up. Now it set my chemicals in my brain could have produced something to make me believe that. I, I, I can I, I can understand that angle as well. So I can see where you're going from. So I prefer to accept the fact that it was a guardian angel myself, but that's just my personal belief. Well, and here's the thing. We're actually doing a study. We've been uh, doing a study for about the past, I'd say, about two years now um, in regards to uh, feelings, visions, and dreams. Um, uh, because I mean, and here's uh, with with our team when we view, you know, like when we're saying we're paranormal researchers, um, we encompass the entire paranormal field. So we look into ancient script, uh, ancient texts. We look into you know, um, Torah codes, ufology, cryptozoology, spiritual activity, demonology, you name it. Um, like I said, it's, it's one big picture. It would be a mistake for us to just dismiss a, uh, dismiss a piece of it because, well, we think it might be crazy. You know, it's, it's crazy. You know, why would we even look into it? Um, but, I mean, the thing that you were talking about, like the whole, you know, hearing that voice and, you know what, here's the thing. We don't look at paranormal as being unnatural. It's been documented that this has been happening for thousands of years, whether it be through, you know, ancient texts or video or photographs or EVP recordings or what have you. It's been documented. It's a natural phenomenon with no explanation. That's all it is. Um, as for the dreams, even in ancient texts, people have, you know, have received messages about events that are, you know, have, are coming or have happened and they somehow came across it. Um, People have had the dreams about their, you know, their relative that came and they're in their dreams saying, hey, I'm okay. Um, and then you have the guardian angel dreams. Um, it, it, it's a clear phenomenon that is, it, it's, it, it's established, it's, it's well established that this is happening. Um, now we're looking for the actual explanation as to how and why this is happening. Um, I wouldn't put it past that there was a, a guardian angel involved. Um, and that's just from the research that we've done so far, um, that I wouldn't say that it was like a hallucination or anything of that sort. Um, I, I feel there was, I feel there is substance to that. I also, my, my personal opinion on that. Uh, am I, I also believe that when I was in the coma, and I've heard a lot of people say the same, that you're neither in the real world or the next world. You're not either in the real world or the other world. That you're not in either world? 
Yeah, you're stuck in the middle. funny you said about this uh, uh, soul bit because um, when I was working in care work I had to uh, see a woman who was dying and before she died um, whatever something seemed to happen I can't explain it one minute she was like present and the next minute she wasn't and it's just something left her I can't explain what left her you know, something just went. You know, whatever was there wasn't there. So you're saying when it was basically when she had passed. Yeah. Um, you experienced like some type of wind or, or something of that sort. Yeah, something, some sort of like essence went. I can't really explain it to be honest. It felt like you could sense something was. You thought, oh, she's not. I mean, obviously, apart from the fact she died, obviously, but I do. And is this somebody said about something about this? Uh, when they do autopsies, there's something like there's a twenty gram difference in the body weight of people, yeah. and they can't explain that. Is that correct? I might be wrong. There's a few things that um, there, there's a sudden loss of weight uh, right after the, the death. Um, what's noticed is the EMF within the uh, that goes between the brain and the heart um, dissipates, and then there's 
um, I forgot what the exact amount is, but the water, um, it, there, there's a loss of water uh, within the body. Um, so, yeah, there, there was there was something that that was shown um, because there was a, a, a professor that that worked alongside us. Uh, his name was Dr. John Foley. Unfortunately, fourteen, um, and that was one of the things that we did discuss. Um, and, and that goes along with work uh, developing still called the thunderstorm effect theory, where we're putting the what the composition of a ghost is, basically, um, basically, you know, what are they made out of? Um, and we've looked towards that specific uh, content where they're like this and this that seems to just disappear from the body, and there's no explanation for it. Um, and it's funny that those specific things are recorded um, that basically it's leaving, or or it's not present there uh, in the body right after death um and then we're we're finding that um basically to, to, to put it like this basically the, the the activity that the spiritual activity that happens we notice that humidity when activity is going to happen um humidity increases the temperature decreases and then in some cases you get the uh the emf spikes um the thing that um, when people are doing this research, they need to focus less on that EMF and focus on the humidity and the, uh, the humidity and the temperature. Um, EMF plays a, plays a role. Don't get me wrong, but we're getting um, that. For instance, like if you, a lot of a lot of times, you know, you may watch these shows, or if you've done investigations, somebody else has done investigations who's listening. Um, when you notice that the temperature decreases or you get a cold spot. Um, and then when we've done the readings, you get the humidity increase. Well, you know, when you think about EMF, the EMF is a heating substance. If lightning strikes you, you don't freeze. The temperature decreases and you get an EMF spike from a heating substance, they get a completely opposite effect. Well, we're looking at this, well, water conducts electricity. So for the, this whole argument, and physics-wise, this, this argument that's used in the field, or this theory that's used in the field does not make sense that ghosts are made out of EMF. You can't be made out of EMF. Um, you basically... There's, there's more to the story. There's more of a combination of, of different uh, particles and such that make up the composition of an entity. Once we have exactly what the conditions are that need to be met in order for an apparition to manifest, for them to move an object, for them to speak, um, we will have better access to being able to communicate with them better and then also be able to ask questions. Now, I also heard, too, that there are rules on the other side, so to speak. Um, that's That came from some of the intuitive consultants I've spoken with that they may know specific information, but they can't tell us um, because of a higher power. 
neutral on that. I'm obviously not on the other side, so I can't really say that that's true or not. But um, even then, we may not still get the exact answers directly from them, which I do find absolutely fascinating if to be true. Do you have the help of mediums when you do your studies or not? Help of mediums or a medium? Um, yes, uh, we. It's a little bit different, though. Um, it, uh, just to give uh, a deeper explanation into the team that will lead into the mediumship part. Um, when it comes down to uh, our team, I mean, typically you see the the, the whole the, all the stuff on TV or all the websites where it's like, you know. We do these investigations, call us, we'll come to your home and, you know, we'll document paranormal activity and, and help you with it. We do that, but that's actually a secondary thing for us because our argument is, well, the main purpose of doing these investigations is to also educate the public on what's going on and, you know, what they need to do. But then at the same time, the field is saying, well, this is unexplained. And some things can't be explained. So what are you explaining to them? What are you educating them on? Something that is unexplained? You can't educate somebody on something that's not explained. So our main purpose is the research portion of it. From an intuitive standpoint, the intuitives are a very important key um, to, uh, to this field. And most scientific teams in the U.S. do not like to utilize intuitives because they're not scientific. If you are truly a scientist, you will utilize an intuitive because they are a part of this. Um, just to give an example, uh, the we, we had uh, we did an investigation. Somebody had called us. We went out. We you know collected all the you know video, audio, etc. And our intuitives they went over to our CCTV monitor and they were looking at the footage that we were reviewing and they're pointing and going, Oh, you see the little boy right there. And I'm sitting there going, there's nothing there. But does that mean that they're not seeing it? Or does that mean, you know, are they, are they really seeing it? Are they not? Is it, you know, what's going on here? So what I proposed was we, we did another uh, research session at, a, at another location and I had the intuitives, or one of the intuitives sit in front of the CCTV monitor and watch live video feed. And I went around the, the, the property and I basically said, what, uh, you know, to all the entities, if there are any entities here, if you want to talk to us, can you please go in front of one of our CCTV cameras and wave? And, um, you know, so long as our investigators see you, sees you, they'll let us know and we'll come and talk to you. Well, one of our we had our intuitive that basically said, uh, called out over our uh, our radios and said, head over to the kitchen. Um, there's a male, or there's a male entity that's that just waved in front of the camera. So we're like, okay, it could be, maybe not. Let's find out. We go over there. We start up an EVP session, and she, she goes, ask him about his hand. And I go, okay. Uh, our intuitive consultant is saying to her hand, what happened to your hand? 
we caught an audio recording of a male saying right hand. Now, we had another person who was sitting next to the intuitive who was watching the CCTV monitor, and when I spoke with them, they said they didn't see anything. But who has these abilities saw through the monitor um, of this male entity and that there was something going on with his hand. When I went and I spoke to the intuitive, I was like, what was going on with their hand? Oh, he burnt his right hand. Okay. <laughs> and then we go back to the audio for him to say right hand. Well, she wasn't using any third eye stuff. She was using her eyes. So we started looking, I started looking at the wording of what they would say. Well, I hear ghosts, but I don't see them. I can feel them, but I can't see or hear them. I can see them, but I can't hear them. These sounds like the, this sounds like the senses. This doesn't sound like any third eye phenomenon. So that's when um, I did on one of the intuitives who can hear them. And they heard, um, they heard five hertz. Now that's 15 hertz below the average human hearing. This started to all make sense. And as we were learning more about intuitives on how they're able to see, feel, smell, hear, all that type of stuff when it comes down to entities, it started to explain what or how we could, um, using equipment, how we could better locate or figure out if an entity is in the room and when would be the best time to try to uh, record uh, responses or apparitions. Do you do you believe in there is such a thing as malevolent spirits or evil spirits as such? Yes. And do you reckon they could be demonic, some of them? Um, I mean, if we go back, I mean, if you go to, to ancient texts, the demonic entities are throughout them. Um, between audio and uh, other things that have been collected over the years and stories, uh, there's definitely um, activity that indicates uh, demonic activity. Um, it's just that there's actually not a complete understanding as to what these demons are. Um, I have to go by, by the, you know, the ancient texts. Yes, they they're not good. Um, but they're misunderstood. They're more of, um, basically, they're here, if we go by what the text says, they're here to actually test us. Um, but also, they've done some pretty nasty stuff. Some are worse than others. Um, so it's, again, it's one of those things that we, you know, there's evidence of it, but that doesn't mean that every single thing is is a hundred percent certain on it. I mean, there's it, it comes down to that point of you know define good and evil. You know, uh, good. And, there's no one is a hundred percent good and no one is a hundred percent evil. Um, it's that, that that I mean that one just that that actually goes very deep as to whether certain activity that they're doing is actually good. I mean. They have to consider too. I mean, if we're looking at, at it from a higher power standpoint too, like you know, God, um, you know, the, the 
a lot of people will go, well, I'm experiencing Satan or demonic activity, and, and you know, I've lost this, I've lost that, this is terrible, and blah, 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 blah. And I, I go to church all the time. Well, here's the other thing. In the book of Job, there's a deal that Satan makes with God. Take away if you take away this, he won't believe in you anymore. And then, well, he, God does that. So who is to say that what you're going through? I mean, we're pretty much children in life here, learning. Who is to say that just because some specific activity happens, some bad event in the life, that it's actually a demonic entity? There could be an influence. It could be, well, we're going to test him. Hey, can you help with this? You know, help with this God. You know, I, I really think we need to test this. It could be a Job story. Um, in other cases, yes, there's malevolent spirits. We've come across plenty of them. Some of them that are not demons, that they're actually nasty entities. Um, so, several places that we've gone to where they've scratched, pushed, um, they just wreaked havoc. And we, we found out when, when we dealt with them, they weren't demons. It was an actual person who originally lived there. Um, prior to his death, he was a very abusive person. And, yeah, it was just, that was something else. But some are, some are better than others. Believe it at that. Uh, I know for a fact the Vatican has an ex-system unit that they don't like to fault like people to know about. What do you think about exorcism of ghosts? Um, the exorcisms. And here's where I'm going to hit a, a very, very controversial thing. Um, you know, a lot of people have seen these exorcisms that have happened. You know, there's a demonic possession and somebody... Um, does an exorcist and magically they're healed and then in other cases the other cases they're not and then you know uh, Christian religion they do an exorcism and you know it works but then other times it doesn't and then you get some other um, established religious beliefs that don't share the same view as Christianity who you know they have their form of exorcism they don't use invoke uh, the name of Christ but it works and then sometimes it doesn't work. So the question about this whole exorcism thing is, I mean, first off, there's this whole ritualistic thing that happens. If we go back into ancient texts, there was no ritualistic thing that happened. There was no one walking around with holy water and doing all these different motions and um, reading specific uh, specific things in a specific order and standing in a, you know, it, it was just like, where did all this come from? So that's part of a history background that, that has to be done on that. Um, yes, exorcisms do happen. It's just a matter of are they being done right? The other thing, um, the other thing too, is that is it an actual deception? If you do a blessing on a home or you do an exorcism and it goes, the demon goes away, right? Have you visually watched that demon come out of that person? Have you visually watched that demon walk out of that door of that home? Um, have you? Do you have all the video showing that the demon officially left the property and it didn't come back? If you don't have any of that, how? 
do you know this isn't some form of deception? How do you know this isn't going to be a challenge of faith in the end? Um, because, you know, you have this big belief, and then an exorcism happens, and it works, and all of a sudden, you know, families back together, they're going back to church and all that type of stuff because of this, and I've seen this plenty of times. Um, not for exorcism, but blessing-wise for a home. They go back, and then they, all of a sudden, they're experiencing a demonic haunting again. Well, did, the question is, did the demon ever leave? Um, and we've even seen this too, we've seen this on record that, you know, it could be the same priest who went in and did a blessing. One time it worked, they never came back. One time it didn't work at all. And another time uh, it worked, but then it came back. So, or could it be something that the family is doing? It's the, I know it's controversial the way we're questioning it, but for us, it's it's absolutely necessary because if there are these demonic entities who are really just destroying people, and believe me, I've seen families fall apart because of them. It, we need to find out if the right way of doing it, um, and that's the controversial part of this right now, um, and we've had to ask some really hard questions. Do I believe that exorcisms um, should be done? Yes, but they need to be done with that need to be done the proper way, with the proper knowledge, and the proper spiritual and emotional strength put behind it. I agree with that. Um, well, I'm here, um, would you like to give any links for people to look you up or see what you do? Oh, um, on our, our main website is www.ui niresearch.com um, we also have you and I research Facebook page and Twitter um, and a really good page that people should look us up on is paranormal puzzle um, if they go on Facebook just type in paranormal puzzle uh, just if you want to join click the link and um, one of the uh, administ uh, administrators in the page will uh, Except that's where we really sit down and we go over things, we ask questions. It's a good time. Uh, we also have another page uh, called the Congregation of Paranormal Revelations. Um, and that's the other thing, too, is that if anybody ever has a story, they can always get into contact with us. Um, we're very open. I love to hear people's stories. I love to help people. So we also have a paranormal support group. Another way that they can find us is through a hashtag called uh it's basically hashtag cast you are light for um pronounced basically cast your light and the whole purpose of that one being a part of the paranormal support group is basically um you're casting your light into the darkness and helping people out so basically being someone's light within the darkness um, it is a very controversial paranormal is a controversial subject we get that we know that there are people out there who feel like they're alone, much like how I was when I was a child, when nobody believed me, you lost friends, um, and you just felt like you're alone in the world. We want people to know that we're here, and we are here to listen. We are here to help people to sit down and so all of us to discuss this. Um, and don't hesitate to post things in like the page in our Facebook pages, um, ask questions and 
and post your stories, etc. We want to hear from everybody. It is meant to be an open environment um, where we try to figure this all out. Yeah, I, I like that idea because I think that's becoming more of a prevalent now. I've heard more people say that, what you just said there, and I think it's because people really realising that they want both the sides of the scientific explanation and the what you mentioned earlier on the all the other explanations because we deep down we we, we like to know we're knowledgeable creatures um, and at the same time we're also very social creatures um, and we have a we have a theory which I, I we have a um, I have a radio show uh, as well, um, and I post the links in the Paranormal Puzzle Group. Um, and basically, one of the things that we spoke about was a, uh, the theory that we were developing called the demonic frequency, and how, um, you know, the way society is right now, back in 2014, um, I said there was going to be a massive problem that was going to come, and demonic activity was going to increase. It, I have it all documented. All I even showed it within the Paranormal Puzzle Group, saying that demonic activity is going to skyrocket um, by two, you know, by 2018. All of a sudden, 2018, you know, I, I, I did a post, uh, I think it was in February, I think it was second week of February, and that uh, two weeks later, two separate articles came out um, from several news outlets that said that people are experiencing that there's basically three times uh, an increase by three times of demonic or possession um, people looking for exorcisms to the point that the Catholic Church is looking for more exorcists um, and this is happening this is happening worldwide Part of it, though, has to do with social media. And again, this goes back to the whole chemical imbalance. You know, we get excited when we see these likes and we want people to notice us. So Facebook, has, Facebook, Twitter, all those things have become an addiction. They're not being used the way they were meant to do. And in some cases, it was uh, not purposely done when it was created, when social media was created. But before, you know, we were... We used to sit, you know, at the tables with our families. I mean, and again, I can't speak for every country because some countries they still may do, you know, do this. But I know from the U.S., sitting at the table, nobody wants to sit at the table with their family anymore. Um, Get-togethers, get it's, uh, you know, unless they don't have a lot of technology, uh, families here have grown apart to the point that, you know, I can go in the living room and the mother, the father, the children, they're all on their phones surfing Facebook. Um, you know, it, it's, we need to socialize, we need to get out, we need to laugh, we need to have a good time. The spiritual entities pick up on this stuff. And you want to attract the good, not attract the, 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 the negative. Um, and that's unfortunately what where we're heading right now in society. And right now, that's been a, a thing that I've been researching so darn hard, um, and trying to show people that this is, I mean, this is real. And that's when we decided to do the paranormal support group because we saw that this was not getting any better. This was getting far worse. 
So we're doing simple. We're doing some things that we want to travel across the United States, if not the world. But we have people that have contacted us from out of the country. Um, and like, uh, give an example, a quick example. We had a person from Texas that that, that called, and I'm not going to give her name, but experiencing really negative activity. She was becoming depressed, and um, the child that she's taking care of and experiencing activity. Well, because of the, the, the theory that we were developing for demonic frequency, we were, before she could even tell me her entire story, I was actually telling her her story and saying, so you're probably doing something like this and, it's doing, and you're experiencing this and it happened within this time frame and completely blew her away. I told her what she needed to do, which was something very simple. And... I've had a recent conversation with her where she said that the child she's taking care of, the nightmares are gone. And I'm seeing she's posting pictures, more pictures of her, like, smiling, just out, having a great time with all of her friends. And she's not feeling that depressed feeling anymore. And the activity died down. That's what it's all about. I mean, for that part, that's what it's all about. And I love it when... Um, when there's a success story like that. Yeah, I agree with you. The art of conversation is a dying, dying breed. Truly. And that's why I like doing podcasts here, because I get to talk to people, like yourself, and we have a decent, intelligent conversation. Well, I like to think we do. <laughs> and um, And I think that's what's important, to learn from each other. really about it is the actual connection not about uh, popularity contest um, and you know just like right now being able to laugh and, and, and talk uh, talk to you you know if I can avoid texting then I'll avoid it and there's some people that just want to text and text and text and then they they're like John I, I you know I don't you know because I'll like they'll text me and they'll go what do you think about this and then rather than responding to their text, I call them. They're like, well, you could have just texted me. And I'm like, I would prefer not to. I would prefer to hear your voice. I would prefer that you hear me. Um, that way there's all, there's also no miscommunication. Like, you could take my text message the wrong way. Exactly. Because it, it just it, you can say something, like, in a, to- uh, uh, a conversation. You can read people's emotions by looking at their eyes. And they might go... You know, they might look back at you, you can see straight away, oh, I've said something wrong here. And you can say, oh, sorry, I didn't mean it like that. But like you say, when you write it down, it can be taken completely out of context. Because nobody's seen you talk. Nobody's seen, seen your reactions. And when you, when you create that, situ- uh, that situation, um, it's already, you know, it's already scientifically established that uh, the brain releases chemicals the, uh, the body has these chemicals that lead to further de- uh, could lead to that emotion where it leads to depression those chemicals lead to de- uh, cause the depression and thus creating that chemical imbalance I mean you can have all the medication in the world um, to combat the chemical imbalance but the problem is if your life isn't fixed if you're not out if you don't have people who are your support system that you can talk to that chemical imbalance is just going to continue regardless 
So all you're doing is you're not curing um, the chemical imbalance through medication. Uh, the main thing is is to get back that social aspect of society, which in turn will combat this whole demonic activity that's happening. It's not going to get rid of it, but spiritually and emotionally, you will be stronger. Everybody will be stronger to combat it. But that's also why this, this research, this paranormal research and talking about it is so darn necessary because it's a real thing. And rather than us going through, you know, well, this isn't real, this is not, and et cetera, let's get the facts. Let's find out what the facts are so that way we can all come to one truth. And we have to admit, a lot of the things that we fight over, whether it be wars or what have you, all comes down to a truth. And for truth, somebody else and they don't agree and they get angry and then they fight it's not solving anything we need the actual truth and the truth as they say will set you free but if we're going to avoid the truth because it may not be comfortable we're never going to know what peace is I'd like to thank you for this conversation I've enjoyed our, our chat today um, I shall uh, send you the download link so you can listen back to it and the proper link to the podcast and I'll put it all on the same link when I post it and I normally share this with Anchor FM which is my American podcast site I use as well so you have two ways people can listen to it Uh, as I say, I always like to say thank you because I think I brought up to always say please and thank you because my granddad would say he used to say that would get you far in the world, and you're probably right. Mm-hmm. And have a good day, sir. Same to you. Thank you. Bye then. Bye.